go back to Rutledge and Hamilton. We're streaming live at Jim and Matt on Twitter. I'm Jim Rutledge alongside Olympic gold medalist Matt Hamilton. Hello. Alex Strofe behind the glass live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. And we're now joined by Badger legend, a Bucks legend. Radio legend. A little couple uh, summer league action there for Ben Brust. Ben, thanks for hopping on the show. Absolutely, and uh, thanks to Strove for playing a little walking on broken glass. There's nothing better when the sun is shining, windows down, and you just layer the song. <laughs> so, uh, I, I actually, that's very good visual. That's a, that's a great song. job, yeah. Uh, I have a question for you. So I was at Coaches vs. Cancer last night. Uh, Shaka Smart was the, the, the speaker, and I got a chance to interview him. He's great. Uh, seems to really love Madison, and uh, you know, seems to be more of like, hey, how about we both do well as far as Marquette? And Madison, but Bo Ryan was there. And shortly before the program began, I was kind of standing near Bo. He was walking over to see Shaka, and he walked by and said, "Hey, Jim." Now, the the, the question we're having on the show is: Does he actually know who I am, or did he just read my name tag? What do you think, Brust? <laughs> there, there's nobody better in the state of Wisconsin than working a room better than Bo Ryan. Um, I, I'm not trying to rain on the ego. Yeah, no, I. But- I he probably said, hey, Steve, hey, Bob, hey, Bill, hey, Joe, hey, John, to everybody that had a name tag that made eye contact with him. <laughs> and I, um, <laughs> no. I don't disagree with you. Like Because I, right before that, he – now, I will give him credit. He was talking about the – he was talking to the usher who's been at this, apparently this event all the time, like, how the family, how's the kids, I'm going to get you a T-shirt. So, And I've seen him before, and obviously you know him as well, but I've seen him out at events like – he does get to know people really well, but I feel like if he really knew me, he'd actually talk and like have something to remember me by. Correct. Yeah, he would have engaged in conversation. He goes to what's familiar, and I think all of us do yeah. at an event where there's networking. You go where there's some familiarity, where you know you can be comfortable and like not have a forced conversation. Because let's be honest here. Nobody likes having the forced, awkward networking <laughs> conversation. No, I think you would have been just fine. Uh, I'm not saying you would be that guy with right. Bo, but in his mind, you're stranger danger. I'm going to go over by Shaka and look. Let's be honest. Bo was a showman. He liked the spotlight, um, and he was really good at owning the spotlight. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, <laughs> hi, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. That's awesome. I told Jim, don't even think about it. Just assume he knew who you were and feel good about it. That's because you're my co-pilot here, so yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks, Goose. <laughs> Thanks. So, well, well, Goose dies, so clearly he's not that supportive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Fine. Thanks, Rooster. I'll we'll we call you Rooster. Yeah, I'll take Rooster for you. <laughs> um, so, getting down to brass tacks, NBA draft. Where's Johnny going? I saw ESPN had him at 10 to the Washington Wizards. Where do you, what do you think? Do you agree with that, or do you have your own take on this? No, I mean, like, look, Johnny's a top 10 draft pick. Um, because one of, the, one of the best things that, um, that I've heard from Johnny Davis that I think encapsulates why he's going to be a great NBA player um, are, are two stories that he, that he told when I was at the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios with Strophy having a chance to interview him. And one was when he talked about how he played with Jaden Ivey, who's also projected to be a potential top 10 pick, who went to Purdue and is in the NBA draft. They played together in a U18 select team. 
and Johnny at Purdue went up to Jaden Ivey and, you know, they were, they were boys, you know, where they played on the same team. Figured there'd be more than just like, you know, a fist bump, but all he got was like all business from Jaden. And Johnny was like, that's it, man. Switch is flipped. And he went for 37 and the Badgers won at Purdue for the fourth time ever in the history of the program ever proud to be a part of two of those victories. Actually, that might've been the fifth time. It was twice before um, we won in 2012 and in 2014. So for the fifth time ever at Mackey arena, Jaden Ivy merely giving Johnny like not as much respect as you hoping pissed him off enough to go and just take names at Mackey arena. And I just love the competitive nature yeah. about Johnny. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think Johnny and you you listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of people who are in the NBA just love the fact that he's a guy that's going to go out and get you buckets. That's not an easy skill to do. And and talking with Ben Brust and and Ben, uh, this is we'll pump your ego a little bit here too. But I think sometimes fans have a, a hard disconnect. And I think you can speak to it of someone who's good in college, but you know maybe can't even get close to the NBA or how much different the NBA is than college. You're a heck of a basketball player for the Badgers, a great three-point shooter, Jordan Taylor. There's been a lot of great Badgers who you'd think, oh, this guy should have a shot in the league, but it just is not going to happen. Uh, can you just kind of go a little deeper on how much, like, you know, you see some of these guys drafted, like Chuck Holmgren, he's tall, he's skinny, uh, he doesn't have the huge numbers at Gonzaga, but he might go number one. I think it's hard for a lot of fans to grasp college production does not match what NBA talent and what NBA scouts want. Yeah, I mean, you said it there, um, and I've I've been like, I've been thinking about the NBA, and, and, and like everyone's been asking, well, why why isn't there that much success? Like, how come Sam Decker? How come Frank Kaminsky? How come like a guy like Jordan Taylor? All that because there's there's 30 teams and there's 15 roster spots. Um, that's not like if you think about all across the world, how many people are in the NBA and how global the game is now, and how many Europeans are playing and starring in the NBA from Jokic to Doncic. Um, like, you just have limited space in the NBA. So when you look at the draft boards, not only are the names not, like, the most productive guys all the time, you look at the age and you just look at the height and wingspan. And that's all you need to know. Because, like, that is what you build is, say, a guy like Sam Decker, right? He's 6'9", he's athletic, um, you know, he can, he can finish around the rim, he's an inconsistent shooter and he worked on it and he showed flashes of his shooting getting better. But guess what? Somebody else each year is six, nine coming with the same measurements that it has the aspirations of being an NBA player that may be able to do something better than you. So you need to be great at something and have everything else in your, in your repertoire, like just being able to compete, but you also just need to have that one skill that you're that much better than everybody. So you can stick in the NBA. Um, and it's just, it's, it's really, 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 really extremely hard. And what Johnny has is that competitive nature. And the, the other thing that he had said was, I don't need to participate in the combine. I put my competitive nature out there every single game for the Badgers. I got mauled at Indiana. I got mauled at Michigan State. I went on the road to Purdue, and I produced. You got questions about my game? <laughs> Ask the film. You know, it, it's all on film. And, uh, Plus, like for the translation standpoint, Jim. Yeah. Um, hi, Jim. Hey. Um, I just, I'm going to do that all the time now. Um, Johnny Davis 
uh, I talked to Coach Gar right before the Guardian Against Cancer signature event, and he talked about how Johnny's going to be a better pro than a college player. And college college coaches have egos. It's hard for college coaches to be like, oh yeah, he's good. he wasn't. He will he'll be better without me, right? A lot of them want to believe that they're going to be able to to get the players to reach their top potential because that's what they do with young young adults. But Coach Gar was like, he'll be better in the NBA because he's not going to be mauled every game. There's going to be more space in the floor. There's going to be shooters in the corners giving him more driving lines. He's gotten better each year with his jump shot, which means you can consistently think he's going to get better again and take a next step next year. Not that he needs to be a three-point shooter, but he's really, really, really good at getting to the free throw line, seeking out contact, and finishing at the rim. So he's great at something, and he can develop all other parts of his game. So I'm excited for him to go hopefully top ten, but if he's not, it's just, it's just a, in my opinion, a, uh, a big-time pickup for another team that's getting him outside of the top ten. Talking with Ben Bruss, you can listen to him tonight, Wisconsin basketball draft night, 6-9 to nine on ESPN Wisconsin. Yeah. Turn your mic on, Matt. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you made me turn it on. Yeah, I'm sorry. I tried to talk to him real quick. Uh, Benny, so I'm curious now a little bit on the Bucks. So, obviously, <laughs> there's some good news with Connaughton uh, taking that team-friendly deal, potentially getting paid a little further down the road. But, obviously, question marks with Lopez and Portis. Um, what do you see the Bucks doing tonight? Do you see them maybe moving up and trying to get a player who can make an impact immediately or maybe someone who's going to be more in a development program for you know future years? Um, personally, I want neither of those. Um, Interesting. I, I don't want them to use the <laughs> – uh, I also love how you, you were like, I have some interest in the Bucks. Well, I hope so because the draft is <laughs> – <laughs> Pick pick twenty four. I, I did some I did some looking back. Um, really, Jordan Poole and Robert Williams are the two guys that stand out the last three to four years that have been picked from uh, spots twenty to thirty in the draft that have been able to produce for championship level teams. And it's taken them two to three years to get there. Jordan Poole three for sure because he went down to the G League and came back up and had an impact this year. You have Giannis. You have Drew Holiday and you have Chris Middleton. Middleton and Holiday are aging. Like, like I know you can play later on in your career, but you have like a strong three-year window. If you can move Brooke Lopez, I know there are some people that are against this. Here is my reasoning about wanting to move Brooke Lopez. In the Sun series last year, and it's all matchup dependent, I get that, he averaged about 25 minutes a game and wasn't as productive as he has been. I know he's a rim protector and what he does defensively, and and take some pressure off of Giannis on the defensive end. But he's your fourth highest guy on your payroll. He's coming off a back injury. When you have anyone seven foot or taller and they have an injury, Mm -hmm. typically, especially at his age, it's something that is likely going to come back or affect him elsewhere in his body. So you have an expiring contract for like $13 If you move Brooke Lopez, they need to get younger and more athletic. They They don't need a development guy because they're in a window. And if you have Giannis for four or five more years, Say Drew and Chris, you know, you want to move on, you want to sort of do a mini rebuild. You're never rebuilding with Giannis. You, if you have him and can get, can keep him locked in, you're automatically competitive with Giannis the way LeBron has been over the tenure of his career of just like being a top team that's going to go to the the finals every year. I'm not saying Giannis can do that every year, but I'm saying it's easier to rebuild with a global superstar than it is to you know 
do it in the NFL where there's so many different positions. You have one guy on the court with five guys on the floor with Giannis. You can make up for that. So you need to invest everything you can in these three years with Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton to create the best team around him. And I just look at Brooke Lopez as an aging liability. And I know that's an unpopular opinion, um, but I would be in favor of moving him or Grayson Allen. And, and Ben, I'm with you on both those things. Uh, both those guys, I mean, you can find someone who can shoot the three, which is Grayson's best skill, for less than $10 million. And Lopez, yeah, an aging center with a bad back. Uh, you, I don't want to pay him an extension, so if you can get out from it. And the way you describe what you want the Bucks to do is hopefully what Horst is going to do. It's the way that a forward-thinking team is going to move because you just touched on it. Drew and Middleton are in their 30s. If you want to keep Giannis around, you have to always be thinking a couple of years ahead to get in front of the way, whether it's aligning your salary the right way or getting the right assets. So Correct. I, I, I really and, hope and, they do and, that. And to me, Jim, the right assets isn't, isn't a draft and develop guy yeah. because that's what you're going to get at 24. You're, you're, like you just are. And there's no guarantee that you're going to land that pick and it's going to be someone three years from now that when Middleton and Holiday are gone, that – 24th pick plugs right even if you move up to 14 there's no guarantee so I, I like trading your assets if you can if someone can take that Brooke Lopez contract man like I would love like an OG oh, I've always struggled with his name Obanubi yeah. um, from the and Raptors. a newbie like, isn't it like <laughs> yeah OG, whatever it is. athletic yeah. ring just go OG yeah. OG it's yeah. a sweet name um, someone like that, that type of guy who can who can bring something different, some strength, some athleticism, more defense, versatile, PJ Tucker like, um, but younger and can can stick on the team longer. One last thing before we go, real quick here. Uh, one of the guys that hopefully it works out for him. We talked about college numbers don't match uh, what people think of him, and he's kind of fallen off the board there. But Pat Baldwin Jr. Uh, out in with Milwaukee. I've seen him creep back into the bottom of the first round as far as a prospect. Sports Illustrated has him going 29th. Uh, the Ringer has him as their 29th best prospect. Really hard to get a read on him. Great high school player, was asked to do things that he probably wasn't capable of at Milwaukee, had some injury issues, didn't do well at the camp. But again, one of those guys where you look at the, the length and the shooting ability and some of those tangible things, he's almost working his way back into the back end of the draft just because of his sheer physical talent, even if it hasn't been proven out on the court. Yeah, his measurements suck. Like, there's just no getting around it. He can't defend anybody. He's not athletic. But when you're as tall as him and can shoot as well as him, there's a place for you in the NBA. Um, now, at times, you might be limited to your role. But, geez, with his height and length and with his skill and with the potential to be, like, a really, really great shooter, um, I'm not surprised he's creeping back up. But I would be scared to pick him too early because of how bad he is defensively. Um, but not that you can't, again, you want to draft on potential for a guy like him. So it's not that he can't get better at it. He's still young. You know, like there are so people that still grow yeah. and, and get better athletically in, in college and in, in the pros when they turn 23, 24. So I think, you know, if you can get him at a good value, uh, early second, do so. I wouldn't necessarily stretch into the first unless you think you have a sure thing lock moving forward and, and developing him. And but again, a lot of those picks later in the, in the first round are teams that are already you know ready to win and don't really want to like do the developmental project. We can listen to more of Ben Brust, obviously on Scal's own Brust, but also Wisconsin basketball draft night. Ben, uh, that's six to nine tonight. Ben, thanks for taking time to hop on.